This is the Made It in Music Podcast, show 118. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. Man, we are winding down the year. It's already November of 2018, and this year has flown by. We are actually in the middle, as of the time of recording this. This weekend, we are doing our last platinum event here live at our studio and this is the last event that we're going to be doing for a while that's an actual live event why because we are going to be ramping up our efforts and our focus to make an incredible online presence in 2019 now what is that going to look like it's going to look like us putting out tons and tons of free amazing youtube content it's going to look like keeping this podcast getting even better than it already is And in case you don't know about it, head over to fullcirclemusic.com slash YouTube. That's our YouTube page. Hit subscribe. We've got a really exciting series that our friend Alyssa Campbell is teaching. It is a music theory crash course. Maybe some of you guys listening feel like, man, I, I know all about the music business. I know such and such, but I don't really know my music theory. This is Music Theory 101, and it's all at fullcirclemusic.com slash YouTube. This week on the podcast, we've got... Two great guests, not one, but two. We've got Lee Holt and Kendra Flack. Uh, Lee Holt is the founder and president of Madjet and Redjet Management, which manages artists like Lauren Daigle and Sadie Robertson, just to name a few. This was an absolutely great, great episode. If you want to know what has gone on, the inner workings of building Lauren Daigle's astronomically incredible rocket ship career, Um, Not only in the Christian space, but her being on shows like The Ellen Show, The Today Show, and even the ACM Awards. Absolutely inspiring podcast. Madjet has a roster of notable clients and projects, including Taylor Swift's 1989 tour, Hunter Hayes, Oprah's The Life You Want Weekend, HarperCollins Christian Publishers, Sony Music Nashville, and more. What is Madjet? Madjet is a marketing company. Redjet is a management company. So uh, that's Lee. Kendra has had the privilege of working as a part of the tour management for Winter Jam, which is the biggest tour in the world as of this time in terms of attendance, uh, with 10-plus buses and extensive stage production. Winter Jam sees more than 700,000 fans attend 40 to 50 sold-out arenas every single year. Currently, Kendra's working as tour manager for Carrie Job and handles her day-to-day management alongside Lee. Both of them have an immense passion for doing great work for their clients and for the music community. Kendra and Lee are here to share their incredible story about how they made it in music, and they are here to help you do the same. So we will just jump right in. We're on the Made It in Music podcast. Got... In studio with us at Full Circle Music, Lee Holt and Kendra Flack of Redjet. Mm-hmm. Correct? Good, yes. yeah. I said it right. You said it right. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, man, thank you so much. I know you guys are, are busy 
pushing dreams of artists forward. And that's what you say, dream pushers, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, artists like Lauren Daigle, Cody Carnes, Chris McClarney, and uh, Sadie, Sadie Robertson. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, so good. congrats on all the success Thank you. that Thank you guys you. have been having. Um, but the way we like to start every interview, and I guess each of you guys can kind of independently answer this, but um, what was the first dollar that you made in the music business? So the first dollar I... Well, I, we, my husband and I, my husband had a dream of being a producer and he wrote electronic music a little bit before it's time. Mm. So we actually moved to Nashville for his dreams of working in music. And I worked in sports, my master's degrees in sports management and mm. business. So I worked with like NBA teams and college sports. And so when we moved here, I was like looking like, how do I get connected in Nashville? And music was way bigger than the sports scene. The Predators were not near as good. Mm. 12 years ago (laughs) and hockey did not interest me. And then the Titans, there weren't any openings. So I literally applied at some labels and I started at what's now capital, but EMI. And Mm. so the first dollar I made, I was an artist development manager, Mm. um, pushing marketing and doing plans for all the singer songwriters on their roster. Mm. At the time, Bethany Dillon was huge. Had just had a huge first album and, Nicole Nordman, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I did Rebecca St. James' last record, marketed oh, wow. that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's that awesome. First dollar I made. In Love music. it. Love yeah. it. What about you? Uh, for me, it was actually from the side of a production company. So, I worked for a production company that did all kinds of like set design and production management, whether it was corporate or music. And so, um, I used to help produce shows and do production management for shows, but I was also the director of operations. So, I would run um, the logistical side of things as well. So, um, I had my hand in set design, all kinds of things, but we did a couple tours, and that was probably my first job where mm. I made my first dollar at. That's awesome. Yeah. So, between that and I guess going like full time into it, what was what was the the journey there? Well, I guess you were full time technically, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But maybe the journey between that and starting your own company, starting Red Jet, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, when I left the production company, I went to uh, a freelance work, and so I had received a call from a tour. Um, from a tour manager asking me to like do six months of touring. And I'd really just done a lot of fly dates and like, you know, I didn't really like tour. And so I was just kind of like, I don't know if that's really where I want to go. I'm not, I don't know if I'm interested in that. And I was like, give me a week to pray about it, you know? And I was like, (laughs) hang up the phone, no way, I'm not doing this. That means no. (laughs) Yeah, that cliche answer, you know? kind way to Mm. tell someone no. (laughs) And so- I'm going to use that, give me a week to pray about it. (laughs) I feel like it's so tacky. Um, But when I hung up, my husband was like, no, I think you need to do this. Like, I actually think you'll love it. Mm. And I just heard the Lord say, like, there's relationships there that I need you to make. Mm. And so I did it reluctantly a little bit, but I was just like, all right, all right, God, I trust you in this. And so jumped in, I did six months of touring and it was um, winter jam of 2012 was the last three months of those tours. And that's where I met Lee and I met Carrie Job, who mm. I worked with for four years. We met Blanca, who we've managed and become a good friend. Mm. Um, and like, there's just some very strategic relationships that came out of that winter jam that I had no idea what I was walking into. And that even when I met Lee, like we didn't know, yeah. you know, three years, four years later that we would be working together. Yeah. And so um, from winter jam, I ended up working with Carrie Job for four years, tour mm. managing and helping on the day-to-day side of management things. And, um, that was like in a really amazing season for me. And mm. that team is still like family. And yeah. so when I started, I've always wanted to manage. 
And I don't know that I, that was the words I would have put to it. I just knew what I wanted to do and was get behind people's dreams and make it happen. Like you didn't know that it was actual management. Yeah. You just know, right. you knew that yeah. you wanted to be kind of behind the scenes, I yes. guess. Always behind the scenes. It was, it was a lot of like, I love connecting people. I love pouring into dreams. I love helping things come alive for them. Mm. So even when I was a teenager and I would dream of those things, I didn't know that the word was management and mm. I actually didn't even know how to get there. Mm. And so, um, being out with Carrie and the connection that we had and just those years of building and what we did. And then um, Lee and I had just kept in touch as like mm -hmm. friends for a while. And then I had this business idea and I was like, oh, I'm going to run it by Lee. And we just connected on a lot of things personally and work-wise and belief-wise. And um, so then she had reached out to me and said, hey, would you ever like want to manage like full time? And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, that's like my dream. But yeah. mm -hmm. I'm with Carrie and it would have to be a God thing because like, this is like my girl, you know? Yeah. And like for you to leave that for situation. Me to leave. Yeah. Because Carrie and I talked about me coming off the road and, and being more under her management and doing bigger picture things. And so that was kind of like the direction we were moving. Um, but when this came about, it was like, I couldn't shake it. It was, I was just like, man, this would be amazing. So I told them, I told Carrie and Cody right away. And mm. I was like, this is the opportunity. We don't have anything. Like it's a dream, you know, yeah. but I always wanted to be above board. So I was like, if something were to come of this, I don't ever want to think like I was hiding anything. Mm. And, um, her response to me was, if this is what's in your heart, I want you to step out and do it. Mm. And I was like, I mean, you just don't always work for leaders who champion yeah. you and then the gifts and like what you're called to do. And she's like, this is not an ultimatum. Like, I just want you to go after it. Mm -hmm. And um, that was life changing for me. Yeah. And so we were just like, I, you know, okay, if, if it happens, we will not poach an artist. That's for sure. We're not going after anyone. Like God would have to make this happen. And so um, it was on outcry the first year that I was hanging out. I was on the road with Carrie and we were just having lunch with Lauren and just this organic relationship happened and Carrie had mentioned like, hey, well, Lee and Kendra <laughs> might start a company. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? And I called Lee and I was like, hey, <laughs> I just want to give you a, yeah, it was a text, that's right. I'm like, and for, our, for our listeners, you're talking about Lauren Daigle, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Lauren Daigle. So, so Lauren kind of told her before you had even yeah. yes. talked about it. Carrie, had, Carrie had, and Lauren had a, long relationship where Carrie had mentored Lauren in a lot of ways. So yeah. it was like Carrie, like Lauren was just sharing some things with Carrie and Carrie. It's like, what about Kendra and our friend Lee are, you know, going to be doing a management company. Why don't you should call them. And I literally was like, oh my gosh, like we don't okay. have, I mean, all of a sudden my brain's turning yeah. and I'm just like, we don't have anything. I mean, this right. is a dream. We don't even you have know? a name. Like, yeah. It was a name. just, yeah. So at the time I had worked at labels. I worked at what's now Capital AMI. And then I went, worked for Warner Music Group for six years and, like was out on Winter Jam with her on that year and worked on the countryside and the Christian mm -hmm. side. I had left the company. My contract had come up and I looked around the landscape of the label and was like, where where will I most be challenged to learn and grow? And mm -hmm. I started my own company. So I left the label, started a marketing agency. And kind of at the time, I was pretty much okay to, I had worked enough on the mainstream side and the Christian side. And I was at a point where I was like, okay, I don't necessarily really want to work on the Christian side anymore. Hmm. Um, the mainstream side offered huge opportunities, like huge, like just as a marketer, I'm a marketing and branding, like, like nerd. I yeah. love it. So from the idea of like the outlets available on the mainstream side, I wanted to dive in and fully explore that. So my marketing agency, we started working with all these mainstream clients and we were working, we were being hired by management companies. Hmm. So I went from working in the labels and then sports teams to now all of a sudden be sitting with the people who are actually making the decisions, driving the business for the artists. And all of a sudden I had this realization of it was like, wow, 
that's the reason why I always got pushed back from my ideas at the label was because from a label perspective, you're always looking at it from the, the concept of what's the best thing for this product. And then the management perspective was like, what is the best thing for the livelihood of this artist mm. and for the health of this artist and for the future of this artist? So, mm. so all of a sudden I was like, oh, now I understand why I would pitch some ideas that I thought were amazing from my perspective of push this product. Yeah. And the managers would be like, yeah, we know you have good intentions, Lee, but that's not going to work for so-and-so because of these reasons. So yeah. I love that shift of sitting on the side of worrying about someone's livelihood, mm. worrying about someone's li like dream and life and vision and, and being like, that was so intriguing to me. So I'm working with these artists and in their management team on a day-to-day -day basis. And the Lord literally put it on my heart. It's like, you should, ma you know, I want you to manage. And I was like, no, mm. everything's going really good. I was on some great tours and working with some big entertainers. So I was like, we're doing really good. We're making money. This company's successful. Like, I don't want to manage because I don't want to get the phone call at midnight that the bus is broken down. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, there's no way. And I'm, literally, the Lord did not let me put the idea down, so much so that it was killing me. So in the meantime, our friendship's just growing. Kendra and I reached out just to connect, and then she pitched the business idea. And then we would kind of share war stories. She'd tell me what was going on with her and Carrie. I'd tell her what was going on in my world and just being like, man, um, the way that I saw, and, and it's not, I'm not going to paint some picture that mainstream is like evil and Christians not evil because sure. evil's everywhere. It's not right? what it's about, Yeah, it's really. not, yeah. Right. yeah. But the, I would see some things on the backside of how people were being treated and how crew would be treated as disposable people or it would be like the artist, the band, and then everybody else. And and I would just like kind of experience these situations backstage where I was like, man, like I, I really want to work with artists like Lauren Daigle. I really want to work with artists or an actress like Sadie Robertson that can have a massive impact on people, mm. but that everybody on our team feels like a million dollars. Everyone on their yeah. team, the lighting guy is loved on. And we know that I love it. Kendra always says like, the artist is never going to be seen if the lighting guy doesn't turn on the lights. Right. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you're not hurt if you don't have a front of house. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I literally was like, on one, one tour in particular, I was just like, man, I really want to have impact. I want to be working on projects that have impact, but I want everybody on the cr tour crew, the whole team to feel like a family. Yeah. So that was where we connected the most. So we'd come yeah. home and we'd share stories. And that was where Kendra and I always landed. And then literally the Lord was like wrestling with me to the point that I reached out to her and was like, hey, what if we did this together with the premise that we're a family and that everybody feels included and everybody feels loved. And so that kind of led us to the point where she texts me and I was on an elevator. <laughs> and um, at this point, once I get an idea that I feel like the Lord's given me, I'm like, okay, make it happen like today because I have yeah. the patience of like a gnat. So, <laughs> so she texts me and I'm on an elevator and I didn't get the text. I'm going up the elevator and I'm like wrestling with the Lord out loud. I'm on the elevator by myself. And I said out loud, I was like, God, if you want us to manage... I'm like, you've put it in my heart. You need to make it happen. Like, I was mad at him. Mm -hmm. I was like, you've put this idea in my mind. I didn't want to do it. I finally agreed to it. I reached out to Kendra, like, this is a vulnerable place. But now it's not happening. So I don't know what to do with it. And I opened the doors. And um, I had the text from her, like, hey, do you want to meet with Lauren Daigle? <laughs> I was like, sure. I, I don't know who she is, but yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. It was just a really, a really, really cool. organic. Yeah. Yeah. And we had... It's just like when we created Red Jet, you know, my husband and I had started a company a year before that. We, being on the road, 
I was on the road for about six years and same with him. And we just saw like so much turnover and we just saw there was just like the value of people wasn't there in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying like on Carrie's team, I'm just saying because like actually Carrie was amazing at valuing her team. Mm. And I think that's where some of this passion was birthed out of, was just like being able to build her team and being able to pour into these people and realizing that like, just um, if you treat people like hired help, they're gonna respond like hired help. Mm. So how do you invest in people to where they feel ownership and that even the crew, even people who are never seen, that they feel an ownership in what we're doing. So that when they, at the end of the night, like it's, I feel like so much of like recognition is just on the people who are seen on the stage, but it takes a village to do what we do. Mm. So it's like, and when we built Red Jet, it was like always wanting to come in from that perspective that like it takes a village and every single person a part of this is important and valued and has a place and ownership. And um, so that it, and even with our artists, like everybody that we end up working with and which are all such God-like organic connections, it's that we do we all champion each other because there isn't competition in what we do. Like God creates everybody for a purpose. So why do you have to compete with purposes? Yeah. So it's like, how do we create something where our artists actually champion each other? They're supporting and we're all running alongside, like cheering each other on. Yeah. And so that was something like we were really passionate about Mm -hmm. with this. And um, it's been amazing watching it actually come to fruition in front of our eyes and Mm. seeing like how our artists champion each other and, and love to actually be together and do things, you know, it's been really special. Yeah, I love that. Well, one of the things that came to mind when you were you were just sharing that story is that we always talk about this idea of don't start a business unless people are asking you to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point. So good. Yeah. You guys totally yeah. did that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. incredible. So Lauren Daigle, I guess you're obviously off to the races because yep. she's had a, a bit of a rocket ship career. What are some yeah. of those ways? I'm interested to dive a little more into what you said. Because I would, I guess I would like to think, and most people would like to think that they do treat their people well. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of the just natural, hey, you know, some people are working in the Christian music space, or maybe they're up and coming mainstream artists, and there's just not a lot of money or resources. Right. What are some of those ways that you can treat people well and make them feel like they're a part of something, like they're, you know, make them feel like a million bucks? Like, are there some specific right. tools mm-hmm. or strategies or ideas that you guys have put into place for that? Yeah, I think it's it's different if it's on the road or if it's like within our team that's on our RegJet staff that we've hired. You know, if, if it's with our staff, like um, time investment with mm-hmm. them, FaceTime. Um, and, you know, just for like an example is when we were at an event in Orlando last September when, all, when the hurricane was coming in, it's <laughs> like our poor team, like uh, there's two of them. Um, plus some interns, but it was like all hands on deck. We need exit plans out of here for all of our artists, for all the team. If all the flights get canceled, how do we get out? And they just, they worked some nights late and early. They answered our phone call and our text at any moment um, and just put a lot of effort into making sure like we were taking care of and that all of our artists had exit plans. And so it's like when we got back into the office, the first thing we did is we took them to lunch. You know, mm-hmm. we just sat with them and we we always want to, sometimes we'll drop them notes and leave it on their desk or, you know, we love to just, we like to celebrate well. Yeah. And so we celebrate victories together. Um, birthdays are a big deal in the office. We yeah. always celebrate mm-hmm. them well. Um, or if there's like an accomplishment, you know, so I think within the team, it's like just adding that investment where they feel like 
they work hard, but they're valued for their hard work. Yeah. We never wanted to go yeah. where at the end of the day, like they go home and they're so stressed out and they feel like, man, the things that I do are unseen because that's kind of a really mm-hmm. unhealthy and unhappy place to be. Mm-hmm. So making them feel seen. And on the roadside, it's like the little things of like bringing the crew coffee, you know, mm-hmm. or if they had a hard load in. Taking or them out to lunch. We've gone in mm-hmm. and Lee and I have just taken them out to lunch, yeah. you know, and spent time with them. And Which is um, totally not something that, is probably ever expected, right? Yeah. I mean, no, like, no, no. And I think it's just honestly a mindset that, I mean, we're fortunate we work with great humans. Like mm. we do. The the people that we get to represent are first class. Like, mm. and that's kind of, you know, I have kids um, and our fam- Mark, her husband helps with the business and works on Lauren's team. My husband mm. runs our marketing agency with us in his offices with us and does all of our tech stuff, mm. all the back end stuff for all of our artists. And neither one of them are paid on the wretched payroll. <laughs> but so for us, it's a family business and my kids are at the office all the time. And so we really only want to work with people that we would want our kids to be mm. surrounded by. You know what I mean? So that whole concept is like, the value, like, first of all, so we try to surround ourselves with people that we want to hang out with, yeah. you know what I mean, that, that share the mm-hmm. same core values. But it really just starts with, like, just seeing people and just being like, you're not a lighting guy, you're Andy, or you're not mm. a front of house guy, you're Corey, and mm. you have dreams, and you have a bigger vision than probably running front of house on this tour. What is your vision? Mm. And then just kind of being there, we've recently been become mentors with a drummer that's been on a tour with us because mm. we're like, she's she reached out to us and wanted just to learn and grow. Mm. And so it's like just taking time to answer her texts. And mm. just when she's like, hey, I'm walking in this situation and be like, we're, we got your back, we're praying for you. Mm. So it's a, the money thing. It's not really from a place of like paying people more. It's really just being like, we see you as a human. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're not disposable. I mean, I've been on tours where the crew were disposable, mm. you know, and that was just not for us. That's not our environment. Yeah. Yeah. We it's don't good. ever want it to be where like, it's like, oh, management's here. You yeah. know, it's more like we want to come in and we want to love on the team. We want to impart and invest and like, and as much as we want our artists to champion and be family, we want the crew, the, the band, like all the road teams to feel that same way. Yeah. So that's that's a big deal for us. It's good. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, because obviously you guys have done an incredible job of, I don't know, I always think with the talent, it's more it's more of attracting good talent than like finding good talent. Mm-hmm. That's just a little bit of a theory that I have. But I, I believe mm-hmm. that as anybody who's successful in the business, it's more about attracting success than right. actually going out and achieving it. You guys have obviously yeah. done an incredible job of that. What are some of the things that you've learned in just watching this uh breakout career from Lauren Daigle and, and maybe even Sadie Robertson on the yeah. you know film side. Are there things that you've done differently with them or that they do differently than other people right. that make them successful? Well, it's hard to answer the question, do we do something different than other people? Because we're so busy yeah. <laughs> and like we're white knuckling it all the time that we're not really looking to the right or left and looking and seeing what other people are doing because we're so... So you're not you're not watching competition. Yeah, and, I, there is, and honestly, we're this is about kingdom work. So really, is there competition? You know, I mean, you could look at it that way. And that's kind of where yeah. we come from. Like there's not competition in the kingdom of God. There shouldn't be because mm. we have the same... I love the guys at Proper Management. I love Kat Davis. I love mm. the other managers. And I love Lori Anderson. I love mm. these other managers. Like I've worked with them on the label side. They've all taught me so much mm. and so, so many things. And we have these great reciprocal relationships that it's not, for us, it's not about competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that what we've done, one of the, some of the things that we've done with Lauren is like really listened. I mean, she, she walked in and said, I have a massive vision. I mean, she wants to play stadium. She wants to mm-hmm. like, 
she wants she doesn't want people to be left out. She wants people to hear music, hear the sound out of her mouth that creates healing. You know, these are this is her vision. It's massive. And so we've listened to that and strategically on the business side, it's like, okay, if that's where she's going, we need to always project where she where she is. Maybe not where she is today, but where she's going. Mm. So visually, we stepped in and kind of changed her vision, like the assets around her to mm. show, okay, if if she's going to like bigger rooms and going to be an arena artist or a headline act, like for King Country or somebody, she needs to look like a headline act. Mm. Um, what does that mean? Well, like, what, what for instance, and Kendra can speak to this, but we invested, um, she got on the Hillsong United tour as an opening act mm. and we took all the money she was making and invested it into her live show. Mm-hmm. So we mm. set her up to say, we, it, instead of her making a quick profit, because at the time she wasn't making any money, you know what I mean? Like, and she could have, cashed in a little bit because it was the biggest guarantee she had ever been given to that point in time. Sure. But she took the whole guarantee and poured it into and took a full band. Kendra put together an amazing light show, you mm-hmm. know, set up the whole stage. Like, so we made her look like she filled the spot versus mm-hmm. we could have like put her in an acoustics situation. In the two and a half years that we've worked with Lauren, she's done exactly two acoustic events. Wow. Because we've said she is an art, she's a, solo artist, but she has a band surra- a band supporting her. Mm. And so it'd be easy to take, like, number one, make mu- a lot more profit or present her in a different way, but know where she's going. She's a full band artist. Mm. Yeah, and I think, like, um, to touch on, like, how the competition thing, it's like we... C- no one person or one team can manage everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for us, we don't look at it like we're trying to obtain this massive roster. I don't even like the word roster because mm-hmm. it's like... I, it's for us, it's about like linking arms, being in the trenches with these people because we believe in the dream. We're building these dreams and we don't want to, it's not our heart to change who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and actually we are the opposite in the sense of like, we are not the visionaries. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. Sure. Our dream is, a, is and our passion and what we're called to do is to take those dreams and to make them happen, make it happen yeah. and to, to make them big and to, so that and when they're standing on that stage or if Sadie's speaking or when Cody's leading worship and clubs and things that he has dreams for, that like they're happy and they're feeling like, man, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm called yeah. to do. Mm. Yeah. And so, and we've had, you know, we've had a lot of requests for management and things. And if we don't connect with the heart and the vision, we say no, because yeah. it's not about the money. It's not about building this giant company. It's, mm. it's like, it's truly a heart investment for us. And mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer, like we don't just take on passion projects because actually we're passionate about everything that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. everything for us is passion project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's just kind of how how we've run it from day one. Yeah, that's good. Well, you were just sharing a little bit before the interview about you know one of the tours that you guys just sent out, and you guys are very much on the front end of the way that a lot of um, new marketing and new tickets are getting sold and right. people are hearing about stuff. Maybe, do you care to share a little bit about that tour and yeah. maybe some of the different stuff that you did with it and why it worked? Yeah, so we uh, just started partnering with Sadie Robertson last year, 2017. Mm-hmm. And she came to us and asked us to run her Live Original tour for us. And at the time, I mean, you know, the financial side of touring in the Christian market can be challenging um, when you're competing with $10 tickets. And so, but you're trying to put together a whole night that encompasses Sadie speaking and artist singing and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So we ultimately went with the path of like, we're going to get a bunch of artists that are young and scrappy. Sadie's words. (laughs) Sadie, Sadie was very particular. I want people who are young and scrappy and believe in the vision of bringing people to know Jesus, period. She's like, and if they don't, if they're not that, like, 
we're not going after him. But what was crazy, this tends to happen with Sadie because she has such a large faith and mm. she really is fearless. Um, we literally sat in a room last March and wrote down the lineup that we wanted and mm. every single person that we wrote down said yes. Wow. So Sadie, Sadie attracts, when you talk about the attract, yeah. attracting, Sadie attracts people around her because mm. she has such deep faith. And I mm. feel like she has such, you can call it favor. You know, she has yeah. such favor because she deeply believes and people are attracted to that and people rise when they're with her mm. and she treats people amazingly well. There's never been a person Sadie has mm. disrespected or mm. acted entitled by. So all that to say, we got this great group of people that all believed and it was the young and scrappy lineup. I mean, Holland, um, she's really incredibly talented, had a great online following. Anthem Lights, they they are also incredibly talented, mm -hmm. but they own the YouTube space. So yeah. they it was their idea. They're like, hey, what if we do a song with Sadie and let's collaborate on it? So we put a song on Spotify, did marketing through Spotify for the events. And, and you know, it helps when you have Sadie's name attached to Anthem Lights, but Anthem Lights is a massive, they own that space. So they, Ta they Talk do. a little bit about that, because I think a lot of people out there, like, what's marketing on Spotify? What does that even mean? Oh, well, you can go into whatever market you're going to, and you can pull fans of any artist and then send them direct messages and send them emails. So on that, Spotify platform. Yeah, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, and that's through a partnership with Spotify, and yeah. they've got a great team that really supports all of our artists yeah. and, and what we're doing. So that was, we did that. We did, um, we tried not to do radio marketing because not that we don't love radio because we do, it's just so expensive. And mm -hmm. we knew that would be a budget killer. So because we were on a tight budget, we were playing churches, um, we had to maximize our profit. We were like, let's get this young and scrappy lineup and focus in the online space. And only one of the artists had radio play. Yeah. yeah. So for us, it was like weighing that out. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. We can use the social media and the online platforms more. Yeah. What does young and scrappy mean? I'm curious because that, <laughs> there's obviously something to that and that's yeah. working yeah. For, for this particular yeah. group of artists. I think it's about just being really real. It's a mindset. You know, and it's like kind of like the mindset of like doing whatever it takes. Yeah. That we want to build something. We want to do it a little bit differently. Um, and for us, when we built the Live Original Tour with Sadie, like, um, we all sat in a room. We brought all the artists in and their managers. Mm -hmm. And we sat in a room and collaborated on this tour. Sadie's like, I want to hear from you. Like, here's my vision for what I'm thinking about. But I want to hear how you fit into this. And so we let everyone speak into it. Mm -hmm. And something that we worked really hard to do to make this night really special is one, all the artists' voices in, the night of collaboration where it, it didn't feel just like set and speaker. You know, their stories were woven throughout the night. But also we didn't want it to be a night where ev there was a ton of set changes and pitches and all of these things that kind of like break up the flow. For us, we wanted to protect that because as a speaker, it's really important that that flow stays intact mm -hmm. so that Sadie can, Sadie can move and it's like we don't lose people. Mm -hmm. So we built a house band. We had zero set transitions and changes, changeovers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it worked with everybody that was out there. And so the whole night just flowed seamlessly mm -hmm. and into an intermission and things. So I think for me, even like the, the, actual tour side we were really strategic with that too yeah. smart and that was all you guys kind of helping orchestrate all of that yeah, yeah. it's awesome yeah Kendra's a wizard at that well, yeah. <laughs> 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 I love it we're gonna jump into the full circle five some rapid fire questions okay, okay. and if both of you want to answer if one of you wants to answer whoever feels it is it like it. speed round like well it's not that speedy okay. but it's just, <laughs> just think fast like, think yeah, very me. fast who's a better answer who's smarter <laughs> like, like, how can we do this what is the one book record or resource that you most commonly recommend to people 
a book, Roaring Lambs by Bob Reiner. Um, Katy Perry Prismatic Tour video. I love it. Well, why? I, I've seen it, but I'm curious why. Oh, it's just the most fun ever. <laughs> <laughs> she shows up and says, I just want you to have a great time for the next two and a half hours. And you do. And it's a hit after hit. Love it. It's a hit machine. Great. Yeah. What is your favorite failure? I'm going to explain what I mean by that question. Failure turns into a, uh, a really good thing at times if it changes the way that you view something, changes your perspective, changes your behavior, mm-hmm. uh, and, and makes you do a pivot. So what is your favorite failure? Like pinpoint a moment mm-hmm. sometime in your career when you're like, that happened, and then I never did that again. <laughs> or I did something like Oh, my different. gosh. Oh, gosh. I don't even know. I mean, the, something I can think of is like, actually wasn't a failure. It wasn't anything that I did, but it was the way I was treated on something mm. that actually shifted the way I wanted to lead. And I was, um, so I know it's not an exact answer to your question, but it was life-changing for me mm. in the sense of I was um, I was with Carrie when we were, when I was tour managing and we were out at a big conference and, and someone of influence had come up to speak to her and I was standing there with her and she didn't even like, this person didn't say hello. They didn't even act like my existence was there mm. or acknowledge my existence. And I just remember thinking in that moment, and I wasn't even offended. I just thought like, man, I don't want anyone to ever be in my presence and not feel like they're seen. Mm. And I think that like shifted the way I decided how I wanted to be a leader. It's, it's good. So. I'm totally going to riff off that because I was thinking about this question and I was like, there's a lot of failures. Sometimes. <laughs> like, there's a lot of mistakes I've sure. made. Um I, you know, similar, I was um, working on a, on a tour as a mainstream tour and I made a big mistake. Um, I, it was Oprah Winfrey toured and I was overseeing sponsorships and partnerships for the tour. And um, we did a trade out. I can't even remember the shoe company name, but we did this trade out where every fan in attendance, so 85,000 fans gets a gift card. Mm. And the language that I put on the gift card was incorrect with kind of like what Oprah, how Oprah would say something. And I ran with it and I, it was my mistake. I mean, I I straight up should have gotten the approval. Mm. Um, And I remember I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I know exactly where I was standing and I know exactly who I was talking to in the way that she made me feel. And I owned it. I walked in. I was like, you're right. I screwed up. Like I'm a big believer in owning it. And I'm, because really, this is not surgery. Like, yeah. we're not going to kill people when we make mistakes yeah. in the music business. Like, and I, I owned it. And the way that she made me feel like I was like this big. And, mm. and it was, and, and I remember in that moment, this was in the season when Kenner and I are like hanging out all the time, being like, what do we want to do? Like, what, mm. do we, what would we build? I remember in that moment being felt so belittled that mm. I was like, I will never do that. Like, mm. I literally owned it. Like, cut me some slack. It was a big mistake. Yeah. Like, but again, it wasn't like life altering sure you know and so anyway but so, the, same. so the, what's, what was the big takeaway the takeaway was to never allow anyone who makes a mistake to feel that way just mm. to like just to have a perspective of like what is this really about what are we actually doing here sure. and if i made a mistake on a little shoe little card business size card on some language like really at the end of the day mm. it didn't tank oprah's career let's be honest yeah so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so before you guys uh, dove fully into this venture, Red Jet, what you're doing today, mm-hmm. what was the number one thing that held you back from just jumping fully in? Honestly, I'm kind of an all or nothing 
person. I'm a little bit of an extremist when it comes to that. So I was always all in. And honestly, that can be dangerous too, because like anything to the extreme is dangerous. Um, So I don't know that I was actually felt held back. I think that if you're not careful, you can allow fear to paralyze you. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I started getting some opportunities and I was like, Lord, why do I feel like opportunities are coming to us? But I have friends who are like killing for these things and they don't get it. And he just said, I give everyone opportunities, but they're too afraid to take them sometimes. Mm. And so I think for me, it was like um, actually never wanting fear to hold me back from those things. So there were moments I just, my motto for a lot of seasons was do it afraid. Mm. And there were times I was shaking in my boots and I was just like, but I was like, I'm not, I refuse to let fear hold me back in this situation because I know what my dreams are and I trust God in this and like, I'm going to go after it. And so I don't think I really... I had to grasp that though, or fear can definitely be that determining factor between honestly, like you and and your dreams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. And I think mine was, you know, I'm ever on this trek of growing self-confidence and Mm. the confidence that I can honestly make someone else's dream actually come true. I mean, that's a big bet, you know, I mean, our, our team puts a lot of faith in us, you know, and it's, there's no guarantee that, we're going to lead them on a successful path. There's no guarantees. Mm. So for me, it was like the, just the self don't, don't allow my lack of, again, like do it afraid. Like don't allow my fear of like, well, what if, what if the outcome for Lauren is that she doesn't play stadiums Mm. and her dream doesn't come true. Like, so that fear would hold me back, but it's just a constant walking through that. Yeah. It's good. What is something that's working for you right now? I love the Enneagram. That's working. Yeah. In, in what way? In, well, in the sense like self-awareness, uh, identifying, going from my last answer to that, like identifying. What are you? I'm a six. You're a six? What are you, a three? I'm a three. I'm a high three. Yeah, I could totally tell. <laughs> yeah. They're just what great. Are you? Threes I'm are great. Okay. She's a helper. Two's the perfect number. Don't <laughs> think crazy. Uh, no, but this, that to me, I did the test almost a year ago, exactly. And a year before that, we did Strengths Finder. So even Strengths Finder, like it puts words to like, Oh, I'm a relate. My number one was a relater, mm. which I w- thought my number one would be an achiever yeah. or sales because that's what I've always done. Yeah. I've always achieved in that. But then it was like, oh, like relationship. Yeah, that's why I don't actually really love sellings because I mm. love relationship. When I found out that I was a six and I took the test like three times, I've read two books, like I'm a six. <laughs> Understanding that fear is something that can hold me down mm-hmm. if if I let it. And yeah. so now it's like, it's just given me language and ability to identify when I'm unhealthy and identify when I'm really healthy mm-hmm. and, and what and how to like allow that to shape decisions. And if I start to do things that are in the unhealth, I can now identify it and put words to it and be like, and we talk about it all the time. Um, when there are things that we're afraid of, or if there's assumptions we're making, we bring it to the light and we'll bring it mm-hmm. to like, let's not make assumptions. Like let's talk about it amongst ourselves and our partnership and our relationship, talk about it with our artists, bring it to the light and put words on it. And then mm-hmm. it's not as scary. It's usually not what you've assumed. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I think what works, what's working is honesty. Yeah. And what we do um, in, in every area, every relationship mm-hmm. between our artists, always being honest and our team and our staff, to Lee and I's partnership. I mean, like we have to fight for it sometimes because it's like, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like any relationship. I mean, we spend more time together than we do with our husbands, you know, because it's like we do this full time. So I think just the constant reminder of being honest with each other, even in the hard conversations, even when it's like kind of brutal and you're like, I actually don't want to say this right now, but I think that's 
that is what has protected our relationship. Yeah. And even with our clients and um, you know, the artists we work with and our teams. Yeah. So the fifth question of the Full Circle Five, if you woke up tomorrow and your business completely disappeared and you had to start from square one, but you still have all the knowledge and the experience and the relationships that you have, but you had to start from square one, where would you start? Start it right back over. Same, do the same exact thing? <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm happy. Too. Yeah, because I feel like the way we started this yeah. too was so like God driven, it was the Lord. very organic yeah. that yeah. it didn't, we didn't hustle. Like I hate that word actually. Yeah. Like we didn't have to strive and have to hustle. So it was just yeah. like, it was so organic. That, that might like, be the worst answer, but literally like yeah. I'm, I feel so called. I fought this. Like I literally mm. wrestled with the Lord. I was like, I don't want to do that. You're crazy. Mm. I'm not equipped. I'm not good enough. Like why would people hire me? Like mm. all those things I had to get through and so yeah, now that I'm here and I'm like, okay, God, for such a time as this, he has us yeah. managing at Red Jet and yeah. we genuinely love it. We mm. love our jobs. Our we husbands are supportive. Our team is amazing. The top yeah. notch. We love the people we work with. So we don't dread Mondays. No. Like there isn't a Monday to us. You yeah. know, we love what yeah. we do. We thrive in it. And I would do it all over again. Yeah. That's good. Life's, we always kind of joke about that. Well, it's not really a joke, but yeah, life's too short to just be looking forward to vacations and weekends. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 Do what you love to do. Yeah. So, is there anything you guys are working on right now that you'd love to talk about? Exciting projects, things coming up? Well, we did touch on Chris McClarney. Mm-hmm. He has a new album coming out this year that is unbelievable. All right. It's a live record. Um, it's a live worship album. He's part of Jesus Culture. Um, we just started working with Cody Carnes and yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. So dreaming up his tours, mm-hmm. uh, the future with Lauren's bright. We're looking forward to a great year with her. Yeah. And Sadie will have a, another tour out this fall. And so. the spring of 2019. Yeah. So she'll be doing right. touring. Yeah. yeah. Will, will there be young and scrappy people on it? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the only that's way we the go. Model. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm sure you guys get bombarded with submissions and everything, but if people want to learn more about what you guys do, um, how do people find out? What's where, where's, where's the social media website, all of that stuff. It's a stroke of luck. Yeah. We don't really have a website. It's like a blast page. Um, It'd be the worst. Redjet.com or just at Redjet on okay. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram probably. We're, We're the worst at our own stuff. On our yeah. own. <laughs> Like website? Oh, for us? No, yeah. we don't have that. No. When I was <laughs> full terrible. on running my marketing agency, our website was the worst thing. I was like, we'll never get hired because we pay no attention to that. It's all about working on the clients all the time. It's so yeah. funny. It's Amazing. terrible. Yeah. It makes total sense. Well, Kendra, <laughs> Lee, thank you so much for being on the yeah. Made It Music podcast. So Thanks good. Thanks for having us. It's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm Seth Mosley. We've been here at Full Circle Music on the Made It Music podcast. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Made It in Music podcast produced by the Full Circle Music Company, live here from the Full Circle Music Studios at our last songwriting retreat, last platinum event that we're going to be doing for a while. Again, head over to fullcirclemusic.com slash YouTube to check out our music theory crash course. There's going to be one video a week going up for the rest of 2018. Uh, Make sure you hit subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on any of that. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamone. And we are looking forward to an incredible 2019. Things are just getting started here. And we are on a mission to help people just like you who are listening to this podcast right now make it in the music business. So thank you, as always, for being a faithful listener. And uh, check out some of our other episodes. We've got 
117 other awesome episodes. If you did nothing else but listen to those, it's all free content. I think you would earn a quote unquote master's degree in the music business. We've covered pretty much every topic imaginable. So go back over the archives on iTunes and on our madeitinmusic.com website and check out the show notes. We work hard on making sure that the links are all up there and that all the info's there. Madeitinmusic.com slash 118 and uh, share it with a friend. So uh, we'll see you on the next Made It In Music podcast. <laughs>